unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. See, I gotta keep doing it now. I've already started doing it, so now I just gotta keep doing it. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? What's up? It's Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Your place for the raw and unscripted show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And I'm excited tonight. We're here live and we got a great guest coming up right now. So, but anyways, it's Tuesday night, 7 p.m. And it's your place for raw and unscripted conversation as usual. And whether you're here joining us live or on the replay, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And by the way, just for the for the for the newbies here, uh, we are now available on podcast. Yes, this I finally got my shit together and got it out on podcast. So if you go anywhere and you search raw and scripted, or you go on uh, Spotify or iTunes or anything, and you type in Christopher Roush, you guys will find the show. Otherwise, you can also go to my website, ChristopherRoush.com. Go over to the media page. You can see the video cast and you can see the podcast. You can sign up at your favorite place. We're also on iHeartRadio. <clears throat> and I'm just going to apologize up front. I've been talking all day. Thankfully, I've been doing a great job. I've been uh, on Clubhouse. I've had uh, coaching clients and just having a great day. So uh, I've been talking a lot, but I'm excited to be talking more tonight with our guest who I'm going to be bringing on here in just a moment. But uh, I just want to welcome you guys to the show and appreciate each and every one of you reaching out every week, letting me know that the show impacts you, letting me know that I impact you, letting me know that the guests that we have on here are impacting you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sending us those letters and those cards and those telegrams. Remember telegrams? Did you ever send a telegram? I don't think you ever sent a telegram. I don't even know if anybody in my audience knows what a telegram is. Does anybody know what a telegram is? I don't know. But anyways, so without any further ado, um, tonight we're talking about creating strength. We're talking about overcoming obstacles. We're talking about drive. We're talking about ambition. We are talking about the ability to control one's mindset to figure out what the most likely outcome is based on what we put into that mindset. Can you think about that for a second? So we put in great stuff into our mindset. Guess what? Great stuff's going to come out. Not all the time. It's not guaranteed. But if we put crappy stuff in our mindset, guess what's most likely going to come out? A bunch of crap. And so I'm excited for my guest tonight because I have been on her show. We met on Clubhouse. We've had some amazing conversations. And I am super stoked because she is the epitome of being driven. She's the epitome of being raw and unscripted. She's the epitome of saying, here's what I got to do. Here's what I get to do. And finding the motivation, finding the, the constructive resources to be able to implement whatever it is that she needs to do. So without any further ado, I'm welcome. I'm welcome. Coming here to the Raw and Unscripted show, the super busy mommy coach, Miss Nicole Tiffany Cruz. Miss Nicole, how are you tonight, darling? I'm wonderful, Chris. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to chat with you again. I mean, I love our conversations always, and I'm just really honored to be on your show. I mean, you are a powerhouse, and I'm honored that you thought me worthy of inviting me to be here on your show. It means a lot. I thought you worthy. Yes, I did. I thought you worthy. You know why I thought you worthy? Because you're a go-getter and you're a great mom and you love your son. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, re I appreciate that because you know my story. I didn't grow up with necessarily a mom who put my best interest uh, at heart. So we already have um, somebody in the house. She says, hey, super busy mommies. Let's go, Nicole. <laughs> Thank you, Verge, for being here. Appreciate you being here on the Raw and Unscripted show. Uh, you're in for a pleasant evening. A pleasant evening, a kick-ass evening. What's up, Robert? Robert's in the house. He says, what's up, Christopher and Nicole? We got Tyler yeah. in the house. He says, Tyler says, let's go. Let's so excited. Let's go. Ooh, Tyler. The energy. Thank you for being Good here, Tyler. We really appreciate you. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, I've gotten to know you. And one of the big things that stands out about you, Nicole, is the fact that you're just real. You're raw. You're transparent. And you just have this, this, this feistiness in you that says, I'm not going to stop and I'm not going to quit. Talk to us about where that came from. Where did all that feistiness and that, that energy and that drive to, to succeed come from? That's a good question. I don't know. I feel like maybe I was born with a little bit of a fire in me and I just, it, it never got stomped out. You know, I feel like it's easy for life and we're, we're all like, we're all born with these dreams, right? And it's easy for life to stomp it out of you, you know, to extinguish that fire that we have where you feel like your life has some meaning that you're going to do something that is thrilling. 
and I'm much more realistic, but realistic doesn't mean any less thrilling. It just means that now I'm realistic about what it'll actually take to make that stuff happen. And so I, I guess that's it. I didn't do anything to make this happen. I just didn't let it, I didn't let it get stomped out of me. Ooh, didn't let it get stomped out of me. So what does that internal conversation sound like? So, so a lot of people have this internal conversation, as you know, um, negativity, uh, limiting beliefs and everything else. What was your self conversation like as you were growing up? That's a really great question. You go deep. I love it. <laughs> I've, got a few, I've got a few good questions. Yeah, I'm it's sure really, you've only been five minutes. Looking forward to this. It's going to be a spicy conversation, man. So, I mean, growing up, I remember as a child always wanting to be an adult. You know, like I, I feel like people look back and like, oh, being a kid, I wish I could be a kid again. I would never want to be a kid again. I mm -hmm. always wanted to be an adult. And I didn't have like I didn't have your childhood. I had, you know, a perfectly loving family, like everything you could ask for, you know, went to a good school. I mean, and and still something in me just wanted to be able to make an impact to do stuff like I hated that as a kid it's like you your opinion didn't matter what you thought should happen in the world didn't matter I I've always had ideas on how I thought the world should be I remember as a child around eight years old just thinking you know what adults just make things so complicated if they would just let kids rule the world we wouldn't have wars and po poverty and all of this stuff we would just share and make it work and i still to some degrees think that like you ever ask a child how to solve the issue of poverty they're like well everyone should just share and you're like uh-huh oh you know what you're right we all should should just share like it's it's so simple and meanwhile we complicate things and so i think i've always just had that in me like ideas of like this is how the world should be this is how it has to get done and you know i just I guess I was never super specific about how it needed to happen. And I just would always feel driven. Like my internal compass would guide me in those directions with such strength that I couldn't give up on it. I mean, even when no matter what happened to me in my life, it was just like part of me, my soul would just be drawn like a magnet to something where I felt like I was moving in this direction of how I want the world to be. And I'm not, I don't have any grand plan of taking over the world and solving all the problems, just my little corner of it. Like, I'm just like, I have to constantly be working towards, you know, being the change sounds so corny, but I, it really resonates with on a deep level. Like I, I take that seriously. Like that's how I live. And I just constantly have to be the change in some way or another, or I just, get this agitation that's unbearable. <clears throat> it sounds to me like you're very committed to being part of the solution rather than being part of the problem. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And even in the little things, like I'll think about, you know, it's like, it, it can get to an unhealthy level and I don't go there, but I'll literally just, even with the littlest things, like, you know, if someone asks me something and I could give the white lie, it's like, mm, is that really in my integrity or can I say something positive and helpful that's authentic? You know, if, um, you know, am I going to hold on to this piece of trash and recycle it or am I going to put it in this overflowing garbage container when there's a bunch of birds flying around, you know, and I'll, and no, I, I don't a hundred percent of the time do the thing that I would ideally want to do. Like I'm, I'm not perfect. And I have those moments where it's just like, screw it. We can curse on your show, right? Oh yes. Yeah. I thought we, I, I kind of had that feeling. Open um, language. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> there are those times where it's just like, fuck it. I'm going to be a normal person and not obsess over this shit. But I'm going to spit my gum into the urinal. I'm not. And I, I know the janitor is going to have to pick it up. Yeah, you know, like we we have those moments and I'm I give myself grace when I have those moments, but overall I try to be like no 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 no, let's let's do it this way, let's do that and just kind of let that lead me because I feel better when I do that. You know, it's it's almost selfish. I get to feel good when I do that. Mhm. Mm 
I love going back and catching myself and going, really, Chris, is that what you're going to do? Is that, is that, is that, what, is that where you're at? Um, and always catching myself because it's like, you know what, when we catch ourselves in those moments to, to, to leave something better than it was when we got there, that's what I kind of think about. You know, sometimes you just want to take the laziness. Like I literally had a, a plastic bottle the other day and I, there was no recycling bin and I went to go throw it in the, the trash can and I threw it in the trash can. I'm like, Chris, you could really carry that back to your car. I recycle bottles here at the house. So I'm like, really, Chris, you could carry that back to your car. You just put a plastic, you, you talk about the environment. So I went back and I pulled a plastic bottle out and I was all jacked with myself. I'm like, Ooh, I just feel like I just, you know, but it was just like that integrity thing. So talk to us about that. What, what drove you to, to create that, that internal sense of what we really talk about is our morals and our values and our ethics. Talk to us about that and, and how important that is to you to stick to those. Mm. I mean, I guess it goes back to being the change. Um, and I wasn't always like that. You know, I've always, I've always felt strongly about, you know, doing the right thing, being a good person. But my idea of what that was, I think evolved over time. I was really sneaky, like as a kid, you know, you like, or you still I, are? I, I was because now I have those same qualities, but I was just talking to someone about this. Tyler's on here. I was talking to Tyler about this the other day, the shadow self, right? So that, you know, manipulation, I could use it to be sneaky or I could use it to throw a surprise birthday party. So I still have mm -hmm. that quality, but I use it more for that. I use it to, um, you know, surprise my son with really great holiday gifts or, you know, I, I use it in that way. Um, I don't use it in the way I used to when I was growing up, which was, you know, I guess it, it's kind of a healthy time of development where you use it to get around the rules that adults place on you. That's mainly how I used it. And I, I rarely got caught. Like my mom is still proud of herself for the one time she caught me drinking. And it was like, I drank for like four years, all, all four years of high school and you caught me once and you're proud of yourself but you know <laughs> right oh, I, wow. I think i finally told her that when i was like 32. 32 i didn't even think you were over 30. Jeez. really i'm 35 yeah. thank you you made my day <laughs> 35. yes Jeez. i'm 35. <laughs> nobody would believe i'm 75 either no you're not huh you're not 75. I'm moisturized, right huh? I got a little bit of gray in my beard right I don't, look 70, I don't look 75? No. Well, good, because I'm 52. Okay. <laughs> well, today on the Raw and the Scripted Show, we're going to end early because I'm tired and I need to go take my teeth out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not at 72. No, no, no. Um, well, it sounds like you've had, you've had a, a pretty solid foundation to build upon your beliefs. Talk to us about the times in your life where you just alluded to drinking. Talk to us about the times in your life where you maybe were off track and how did you get back on track? Because I know a lot of people that are watching this have been in the situation where they've gotten off track and they want to go back on track, but they don't understand where it is that they are necessarily. They're not aware of what it is that they're doing and they want to get back on track. So talk to us a little bit about a personal adventure of yours where you got off track and then you got back on track. Oh, I have, I have some epic ones. Um, so I think first I have to preface it by saying, um, while this was off track in a way, it wasn't, I guess, you know, looking back on it with wisdom, it wasn't the ideal way to get where I wanted to go. I think my internal compass pulled me in that direction because it made me who I am today. And, uh, so was it really off track or was it exactly on the precise track I needed to be on? Um, philosophical. Yeah, going in that direction. Um, in my 20s, I became a martyr. Like I made myself the martyr. And I, at the time, felt really good about the fact that you remember i said growing up i wanted to be an adult so i could have that impact do stuff that mattered you know right. and so i this is how i did it and i did it in a way that wasn't necessary that wasn't healthy um and that wasn't even always that helpful sometimes it was sometimes it wasn't but i pretty much made myself a martyr and i was just like i can do this i i have the power to make this better make that better make that better and it was just so self-sacrificing that i let 
people take advantage of me. Um, mm -hmm. People who I allowed to be closer to me than anyone else in the world in a lot of cases, you know what I mean? And for a long time. And I, the mistake I made wasn't being generous. The mistake I made wasn't giving my all to make the world a better place. Those, those are not mistakes. Those are never mistakes. And I always strive for purpose more than happiness because that's how I get fulfillment, you know, but what I, the mistake I made, what I did wrong was I didn't value myself. So I held myself and others to a very different standard. And so when others were weak, I saw it as, well, I'm there, whatever my relationship is to them. I have to rise up to the occasion and mm -hmm. be there for them and be strong and make this happen and blah, blah, blah. But when I felt weak, it was, well, I have to, that's not okay. I have to buck up and be strong and I can't be a burden to other people. And, you know, when someone else was, you know, would, behave badly because they were have going through a rough time. It was, well, you know, I have to be compassionate and I have to, you know, what can I do to help meet their needs and make them feel better so that they, they don't feel the need to engage in these behaviors. But meanwhile, I couldn't tolerate any sort of like, no matter how rough things were for me, I couldn't tolerate any sort of negative behavior from myself. And if I did, I beat myself up about it and felt horrible. And so really this, this martyr, what wasn't, um, just about serving, it was, I wasn't valuing myself. I was holding myself and other people to totally different standards. Mm. And that's why I ended up derailing my life completely and hitting rock bottom. And um, it got, it got bad. Um, and I've learned that if I want to have that kind of impact, I need to hold myself and others to the same standard which sometimes means giving myself more grace and sometimes means holding others more accountable and not giving when I wouldn't feel that I deserve it in that same situation. And uh, the only way you can get the power to make a big impact on the world is by getting others involved. And mm -hmm. in order to gain the power to do that, you have to value yourself and respect yourself so that others will sign on to join you in your mission, you know? And now, I mean, I am so grateful to have a wonderful team, wonderful colleagues like you, and just wonderful supporters who at this point, you know, it started off where it was like me swimming upstream in like level five rapids. And now it feels like, I'm just being carried in the current because the mission's taken on a life of its own. And that's the difference. You know, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. It sounds like your, your why is bigger than it was. It sounds like your why might've been a little bit distorted back then. Talk to us about that. Where did you learn those behaviors? Where did you learn that incongruency between uh, my standards are this, but my standards are for you are this. Do, can you place where you learned that from? Oh, my mother was very self-sacrificing. Um, she will she will give the shirt off her back for the people she loves. Um, and I always admired that quality in her. I mean, because I valued it, right? Like how much did my mother give to me? And she takes care of everybody in the family. Like she makes sure everyone's okay. Like if you want to know how anyone's doing, you go to my mom because that's very core and central to her. You know, you know how in groups and family, whether it's families, whether it's a group of friends, you have that person who brings everyone together. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's my mom. And it's beautiful. Um, and the way I internalized what I saw from her and her sacrificing for her family and don't get me wrong. My family's the type that sacrifices. We all sacrifice for each other, you know? Um, and so in that context, it's, probably a much more positive behavior than how I admired her for it. And so I use that with other people around me who maybe hadn't earned the right to be at that level in my life. But I just felt so, you know, proud of myself to be able <laughs> to be an adult and do that. And I thought I was making this like really big impact. And in some cases I did. And in some cases I really didn't. <laughs> mm. 
So what, what would you say was your biggest lesson out of all of that? Looking back retrospectively, being able to teach your son certain values and, and ethics and things of that nature, what did, what was your biggest learning lesson out of hitting that rock bottom? Uh, my biggest learning lesson was that to hold myself and others to the same standard. How do you do that? How do you know what the standard is to begin with? That's a really great question because that's subjective and we all have to decide that for ourselves. Um, and I how think do you, how do you do it though? How do you do it? That's a really great question. It's so hard to think without a specific scenario in front of me. I feel like it's very heart centered for me, you know, like I'll think about factors and it, how it impacts everything and everyone around me. I think about my values and then I have to come to some sort of they, write, they all kind of coincide and overlap with each other. And I have to kind of find the point where it feels right. So yes, there's thought and there's logic to it. But in the end, there's a point where it feels right. And there's an understanding that it is subjective and I have to just decide. Um, and I think when it comes to holding myself and others to the same standard, I literally flip scenarios in my head. Mm -hmm. So I'll literally, when I when something maybe doesn't feel right or when I'm looking at a situation and I'm not sure how to proceed, I'll think, well, if, if, if that were me, what would I expect from others? What would I tolerate from like in a lot of cases, if it were me on the other side, I would have, I wouldn't have even accepted from other people, you know, what I was giving because I would have felt so bad to accept it. Like, no, 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 no. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. It's okay. Like, I, and meanwhile, here I was just, and like, that's, that incongruency is not healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so I literally, and I, I constantly have to do this because it doesn't come naturally to me. I literally have to flip the situations in my head. If they were in my shoes, what would I want from them? If I were in their shoes, what would I want from me? You know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Now, I mean, we're talking about the golden rule and that's the way I look at it is I sit there I, now it's a big, now it's a bigger situation for me because I used to look at it the same way. I'd be like, okay, if I was in that situation, what would I expect? You know, what would I think is fair and everything like that? Now, now the benchmark for me is what would I tell my son? So if my son was faced with a situation, I was just talking with somebody the other day and I said, I said, if your son was faced with the situation that you're dealing with right now, what would you say? So if, if your son came home and said, Oh, mom, all my friends don't like me and they don't support me. And mom, everybody makes fun of me and da, 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 da. What would you tell your son? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's what that, that, and for her, she was like, Ooh, cause she needed to take her own medicine. And she was quick to say what she would say to her son. I'm like, so you're, you're doing the same thing, but you're, 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 you're incongruent. So your son sees that shit. Right. Your mm -hmm. son sees the fact that you're miserable around your friends because you're not saying stuff. And you know, it's a long, it's a long blown out story. But for me, that was, that was like the, the benchmark is like, okay, sitting there saying, okay, in this situation, what would I tell my son or what would, what would I give my, yeah. What would I tell my son? Would I tell him to, to act sarcastically or would I tell him to act professionally? Would I tell him to take some time? Would I tell him to really consider the other person's feelings? And I do the same thing with my, you know, how would I coach somebody in a situation? So if I have a, a situation I'm like struggling with, I'm like, okay, if somebody came to me and said, Chris, I'm dealing with the situation, I know without a doubt, I would have some sort of advice or some sort of input or some sort of question to ask that person to get them through that situation. So I immediately go, okay, Chris, time to be congruent. <laughs> what would you do in this situation? I've done it and I have not liked to take that medicine. You know, I've been in situations mm -hmm. with my spouse and be like, da, 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 you know, Okay. If somebody said, you know, Hey Chris, I've been dealing with this thing for like six months and I kind of should say something and I haven't said anything. And I'd be like, fucking stupid for not saying anything. That's why it's been happening for six months. You need to go open your damn mouth, have a reasonable conversation. I bet you won't happen anymore. Fuck. I gotta take my advice. <laughs> you know, and sure enough, you go do it. And you know, sometimes it works out great. And sometimes you go, damn, I, should, I, wouldn't do it. I wish I wouldn't have done it. Um, cause I want to get into that for a second, but I want to just want to say hello to all the beautiful people that are joining us tonight. We got Roberts in the house. Of course we had, uh, Tyler. We talked about that. We have John, John Dunya. I want to try to, uh, hey, see John. he says, Hey, Nicole, Tiffany Cruz. What's up? We got crystal Rye in the house. She says, hi, Christopher. Hi, Nicole. We got Scott in the house. He says, good evening, Chris and Nicole. Thank you, Scott, for spending your time with us. Thank you all for spending your time with us here every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Tyler says, yes, be the change. You got to be the change. I say you got to be the change, but you bitch about, right? So many people are like, nah, nah, this, that, and the other thing. And like, you know, people are so grumpy. And I'm like, do you say hi to people? And they're like, no. And I said, why don't you start saying hi to people? Like, maybe that people won't be so grumpy. Do you let people in that are cutting in front of you? No. And I'm like, well, maybe if you let people cut in in front of you, that uh, they wouldn't be so grumpy. 
<laughs> Randy's in the house. He says, good evening. What's up, Randy? Good to see you, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so let's think about the people in the world that are watching this right now. And let's think that the last 18 months, they have been through hell and back. We've all been to hell and back in one way, shape or of another. Some of us have had better hell and back. Some of us have had traumatically deadly, uh, tragic to hell and backs. Uh, given your experience as a fighter, as somebody who has been through the trenches and different situations in your life where you've had to grow and you've had to pivot. Cause that's one of the things I love about you, Nicole, is the fact that you, if I put you in a situation, I have no doubt that you wouldn't figure it out. If I put you in a situation, if I dropped you in the middle of East LA and I said, okay, Nicole, you need to get your ass back to your son and here's 50 bucks, you would figure it out. You would figure it out. So I have no doubt on that. But some people don't they don't feel they can figure it out. Some people don't feel like they have the empowerment, the ability, and a little bit of what we're talking about here, the, the opportunity to receive, right? So many people are not ready to receive help and receive abundance and receive success. What are your thoughts on that to get people to switch their gears from being in a victim mindset to being a more in a victor mindset and having that, that not even a belief that, that, that just that guttural knowledge that wherever you put me, I'm going to figure it out and I'm not going to stay there. Talk to us about that. Sure. Um, oh, there are, there are so many layers to that. Okay. Let me break it down. Um, so the first thing I have to say, um, which is like probably the annoying answer, a lot of that comes from your physical state because your biology and your psychology are so intricately connected that if you want to start feeling more positive in general, um, get out of say like a depressed and anxious mindset to the point where you feel good enough where you can think about even going and doing stuff like that, um, you gotta look at the body. And I mean, that's the core of what I do, like as a fitness and holistic health coach, that's the direction I went in, like channeling it specifically towards resilience, because that's what saved me. Like, I don't know how I would have gotten through everything without th that background specifically. Um, so yeah, see, like when you're going through hard times, I feel like the mindset is, oh, you know, now's not the time to be strict with my diet and work out. And no, that's when you need it the most because that's what's going to make you the person who can handle that shit. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, you have to be at the top of your game physically and mentally. And so no, now's not the time to worry about your six pack, but now is the time to worry about, you know, creating positive neurochemistry and neural networks and all that crap that builds your mind. Now's the time to worry about, you know, reducing inflammation so that your brain can actually function clearly. They, there are so many layers to this. See, I, talk, talk, go, go deeper on that. Go deeper on inflammation because I've been on that path. You guys know I'm doing 75 hard. I'm on day 57, 57, 75 hard. Oh, I want to drink though. I'm ready to drink. I'm ready to get my groove back on Stella. Oh yeah, I am. But yeah, discipline, discipline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So inflammation is the underlying common denominator in pretty much every common disease. <laughs> I mean, any, any, any syndrome, right? Any syndrome or any, um, what was, I was like fibromyalgia, all, all these little, uh, yes. um, autoimmune disorders. I was trying to think of the word autoimmune, mm -hmm. autoimmune immune disorders mm -hmm. from autoimmune. I mean, from autoimmune things like IBS, um, all the way to, cancer and Alzheimer's and heart disease and diabetes. You look at all of them, what's underlying them is inflammation. And inflammation, diet and exercise and also stress management and sleep, right? Like those are like the four things that <laughs> if pretty much you get those things under control, everything else just kind of falls into line, you know, it's like dominoes. And, and a little bit of water, you know, half your body weight in ounces of water every day. Ooh. Oh, yeah. A hundred, hundred percent. And I mean, people will obsess over so many things and yes, organic is better. And yes, filtered pure water from the glaciers of the Alps is wonderful. But the main biggest things, like do those later, okay? If you have to choose, you know, if anyone here is going through hard times and you have to choose what you're going to afford or pay attention to, eat healthy foods. I'd rather you eat 
a non-organic apple than organic cookies okay like hands down it's yeah. just it's so important because with all the misinformation out there people will spend 150 dollars on this magic pill and meanwhile they'll be eating you know like low sugar like you know sugar free like oreo imitation crap that's organic and you're just like no that's not it and with all the misinformation, I don't blame people for not getting it, but that's why I'm saying it right now. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if anyone has these misconceptions, it's so important. And I know it's hard because why should you listen to me over the other person who just told you the opposite thing three seconds ago or those testimonials which could have been purchased and they chop off people's heads because it's not the same person in the before and after picture they're bought people right not always um, but that's the thing it's hard to tell the difference between the ones that are real and the ones that are completely misleading and a bunch of marketing bullshit so for anyone listening now those are the basics right sleep you know like yes yeah, sleep is important make it a priority i know when you have young kids when you have families when you have three jobs it's not always going to happen, but making it a priority doesn't mean you beat yourself up when it can't happen. It means that if you have the choice between binge watching or sleep, you're going to take sleep when you need it, right? Um, stress management, yes. Mindfulness, I cannot say enough good stuff about mindfulness. And if you are having trouble integrating you know, and carving out time and integrating an actual meditation practice. There are mindfulness strategies that you do throughout daily life. You don't have to carve out any time. So, I mean, anyone can hit me up if you want more on that. I won't go on a rant about that right now. Um, and yeah, like eat like food, like, you know, with ingredients that are ones that your grandmother would have cooked with, you know, um, ones you can pronounce. exactly like real simple. I'm thinking my grandmother cooks with adobo and sasson, and it took me until I, I never questioned it because Abuela used it. And then I, when I was like 28, I looked at the ingredients one day out of nowhere and I was like, what have I been feeding myself? <laughs> um, so overall, like read the ingredients. Um, anyone who's worked, worked, like done any of my programs know that I will like rant that a million times. Read the ingredients, read the ingredients, read the ingredients and move. <laughs> it's that it's that simple it's not easy i'm not saying it's easy but it is that simple and don't get distracted by all the shiny objects and the ads and the marketing stuff that's thrown in your face mm, yes 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 so you're known as the super busy mommy coach and so talking about what you're talking about you're raising kids you're trying to get all this stuff in how do you structure your day how do you recommend people to structure their day so that they're able to get all these things in because i know for me i use a calendar and if i don't use the calendar if i don't structure everything in i'm usually at the end of the day going oh my god i still have seven things left that i didn't get done but if i when i am very proactive and i say okay that's going to take an hour i'm going to put that in my calendar i'm going to put that in my calendar and i'll make sure i get that done chances are more things get done talk to us about these about how people who are so busy make time for themselves. And I want you to also talk about mindfulness because I think that's super important. What is mindfulness to you and how do you keep your stress level down? Sure. Um, so I'll talk about the scheduling thing first. Um, super busy mommy coach, as you can imagine, I work with a lot of parents. Um, my, the biggest group I work with are single moms. And so part of the challenge with that is that, yes, you can schedule things in, but you don't have full control over your time when there's a toddler involved. You don't have full control over your, there are tantrums, there's pooping on the carpet. There's, I mean, I never every, got that one. <laughs> thankfully I haven't, but you know, I hear stories. Um, there are innumerable ways that everything gets switched around. And so when I think about scheduling, um, I don't think about creating a calendar and then you're supposed to actually follow it. I think about taking all the, it's like blocks, right? Imagine you had a bunch of blocks and you had to fit them into one rectangle. And that's kind of what a calendar looks like, right? You put the blocks in, um, but you can move them, right? So like, let's say something happens here. So you have to move this, move it here, move it here. It's like a puzzle where you just kind of move all the stuff around. And so I think about scheduling that way. I schedule all I schedule it all in knowing that I'm not going to stick to it, but because I took the time to put all the blocks in place, when one of them has to be moved, it's easier to know exactly how to adjust everything else to fit in with it. 
you know, like I'll know where those empty spots are. I'll know, well, this has to be done this week. And so I'm going to have to take it out of this. I'm going to have to cancel this and move that out of there. I'm going to have to, you know, pull a late night so I can, you know, it when it's all out planned out in front of you and you know that that puzzle you've put together has all of the pieces you need to reach your goal, then it's just a matter of swapping things out and changing them as opposed to like, huh, I wonder if I'm on track. I have this goal. I'm doing stuff. Maybe I'll get there. Oh, wait, it's the day I'm supposed to get there. I'm nowhere near it. What just happened? Right? Like, that's not helpful. The other thing is what I call when I'm working with clients, extreme prioritization. And the idea is that we all know to prioritize, right? That's common sense. Like everyone here has heard that everyone prioritizes. That's duh. Okay. But I think what happens is when you get to a certain level of busyness, even the most important things that you normally consider non-negotiable can't get done. And when it gets to that point, there it can be tempting to be in denial of the fact that it, everything can't get done and try to somehow get it done anyway. And things inevitably fall through the cracks and you haven't mindfully chosen what's going to fall through the cracks. It just, it's just going to choose itself. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so not everything will get done. You're either in denial or judgment comes into play and you start choosing what's going to get done and what's not going to get done based on that little voice in your head of, well, if I do this, Oh no, I, I, there's, there's no way I could not do the dishes before I go to bed. Maybe that was drilled into your head when you were a kid, right? Who, whatever it is, there's a judgment like, well, I'm not that kind of dirty slob person, or I'm not the kind of person who cancels plans, or I, no, I don't want to be like that. There are these judgments, people around you based on what all that input from your whole life, it's been conditioned. Mm -hmm. And so you're still not mindfully choosing, whereas taking back your power, recognizing not all of this is going to get done even these crucial, important things. And you know what? I'm going to have to deal with the consequences of whichever one of these really crucial, important things doesn't get done. I've dealt with lawsuits, okay? That's the extent I've had to prioritize. And I know a lot of people listening can relate to stuff like that, okay? But so I'm not just talking from like, you know, my rosy little life, okay? I'm, I, I get it. You have to choose which one won't get done and mindfully choose which consequences you're going to deal with as opposed to being in denial or letting judgments come into play and letting those choose for you. Like, well, I can't, I have to do this. And so I'm not going to do that. And then it's, you're letting other factors choose your destiny instead of taking control of your life. Mm, taking control of your life. By Nicole Tiffany Cruz, <laughs> taking control of your life sounds like a book. Is that is that a book? Should we should we do it? Are you going to do a book like that? Am I going to do a book like that? Yeah, you, I, I think that's Maybe. I think that's your book title. Maybe I don't know. I feel like if I wrote a book, it would be called "Stopped by Nothing." <laughs> Stopped by nothing. Yeah, okay. it's kind so of. I, 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 I got a direction to go. I got a couple of different directions to go in. Yeah, um, I like that too. Okay, they can kind of go together. Stopped by nothing. Taking control of your life despite something. Yeah, see? Uh-huh. <laughs> Here we go. I like it. I like it. I like it. So as the no excuses coach, okay. I am interested to find out what is your biggest excuse and how do you coach yourself over it? Hmm. I find that... So one of the ones that's gotten me in the past is, um, well, that's that's too extreme. Extreme, okay. Yeah, so um, when you have goals that, re you know, that are, say, different than a lot of the people around you and well outside of what's normal with the people around you, you have to live in a way that is way out way different than the people around you live and there's this idea well that's not normal that's extreme that's not that's not healthy you know well no you by, who, by whose that. definition though by whose definition exactly. yours or theirs? 
exactly by this collective you know the 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 definition of like whatever dominant little group or subculture you're in at that time right and so getting over that sometimes you know sometimes i find myself at a crossroads where i'm like but i'm doing everything i can what am i supposed to do xyz and then i'm like yeah i'm supposed <laughs> to do xyz well that's crazy yes it is and i'm supposed to do it anyway and and so that's kind of how those conversations have been going in my head um thankfully i've gotten better at overcoming that one sooner than i did i feel like it held me back way too long before I, before I, I let that one come to the surface. Nice. Now I appreciate you sharing that. So, uh, again, keeping with the theme of, of excuses, what are the biggest excuses your clients come to you with and how do you help them overcome those? Mm, oh, I think with my clients, the excuses, and I don't even, I don't even know if I want to call them excuses because they're very valid concerns because they don't have the not I'm I'm help they're coming to me to overcome the excuse. I want to give them that credit, right? So the excuses, I mean the biggest one is no time and then the other one is no energy, right? We're talking single moms going through like really rough times because they're the ones who resonate with my backstory. And so they while that is an excuse they're doing the right thing right because they're like i don't have time let me figure out some creative way to get this done even though i still don't have time and that's exactly i think how they should approach that um and it comes down to knowledge right like it's not about motivational, like motive, like motivational stuff is very important. Um, but I don't think that's the obstacle that I help people to overcome. Like if you want to be motivated and inspired and you have trouble sticking to something because you, you know, just lose the motivation and you need a fire lit under you, there are people who are really good at that. Um, I'm more so the type of coach who's really good at finding innovative solutions to problems, um, strategic, like, you know, strategic solutions. And so um, no time, no energy. Um, those are valid excuses. I mean, those they really don't have time. Like there's they're not wasting their time. They are really like overflowing important stuff not getting done and no energy they really don't have energy like it's like well i get about four to five hours of sleep and you know I, i'm still breastfeeding so i have to wake up in the middle of the night for that and you're like what you know like of course they don't have energy right it makes sense and so you know that's it starts as an excuse but they do the right thing. They come to someone who can help them overcome that obstacle. And then it's no longer an excuse. Mm. So going with this, the excuse of, of not having time, how do you help them prioritize what it is that, that's most important to them? Because everybody has 24 hours in a day. JLo has it. I have it. You have it. Somehow those of us who are successful figure out a way to do it. So obviously through, from my situation, it was realizing that the priorities we're really not the priorities because the word is actually singular in its original form. It's a priority. So what is the most important aspect of what it is that I need to do? Um, but I find that so many people are saying they don't have time. And that's one thing that 75 hardest taught me is that sometimes you need to combine two activities in order to get the same result. So if you're doing dishes, I sit there and I've found that if I do deep knee bends while I'm doing the dishes and maybe every once in a while I run in place, I can get a pretty decent workout for 15 minutes while I'm doing housework. I've proven that all sorts of different ways. So talk to us about how you get them to change their opinion about having not having time, because obviously breastfeeding is, is not permanent. It's, it's a period of time. What, how do you, how do you get them to, to set their priority that their self-care is most important? You know, I have to say if they're coming to me and investing in it, usually it's because they've already decided it is, they just don't know how. Right. So they're like, this is important. I'm going to get it done. I'll do whatever you say. I know I have to do this for myself. How the hell do I do it? Right. They're literally like, I'm at a loss. And, and I mean, like, you'll have the ones who are working two jobs. Mother-in-law has cancer, toddler, infant, teenager, who's like, you know, off 
doing who knows whatever mischievous stuff teenagers do. And like they're they, in, in a given day, like they're already filled to the brim with extremely important priority stuff where you can't say, well, just cut that out. You know, like there's nothing that you can look at and be like, yeah, you don't need to do that. It's all very much needing to get done. And so where I strategize with is how do you create an effective regimen that actually gets high quality results under those conditions because they'll come to me and they're already doing what they can they're like yeah whenever i can i'll like stop and do some squats and i'm like well how much weight do you use with the squats no i just do like regular squats okay have you ever held your three-year-old or your two-year-old on your hip and bent down and picked something up off the floor oh yeah all the time so that's a squat with like 40 pounds um those body weight squats aren't going to do anything, but I can tell you what will do something, right? So why don't we have you do power burpees? Why don't we have you do squats with dumbbells? Why don't we, you know, and so you bringing the exercise science into it, applying exercise science to the life of a busy single mom. And it's, you don't have to sacrifice results at all, right? The whole idea that we have to do our exercises back to back in a single period of time that we call a workout. Like that's not science, that's convention, right? People took exercise science and they're like, okay, we should do all of this together. Okay, now have people fit it into their lives. Do this, just right. build your life around it. Whereas if you take exercise science and in the most common sense ways possible, apply it to the conditions that busy single moms typically face, you end up with a very different solution that still gets the same kind of results, right? Like I teach moms how to do their first pull-up and it takes like 30 seconds a day, you know? It's like literally you go to the pull-up bar, which I have, you know, the doorway pull-up bar, you go, you do as many as you can. You have a little like step stool there if you need it. So you can do negatives or you can do them with your feet supported. And if you do just, a set a day, ideally a few sets a day, which takes what like to do like when you're first starting off, if you want to do like three or five of them, it takes what, 10 seconds. Yep. Whenever you go in and out of the room, you can jump up and do like a negative if you can't do a pull up yet. Right. You did a couple of seconds and that's all it takes. Like that one challenge, your muscle is like, oh, shoot. I need, I need to adapt. I'm going to need more resources over here. We need to be building some muscle. We got some construction to do, right? Like that, it just takes that one little stimulation and then you do it again and you do it again and you make sure there's enough rest where you're not completely getting sore to the point where you're not recovering and that's it. You'll be able to do pull-ups. And so if you apply that same type of concept with, you know, your entire body, working it into a regimen. And it's not about here's the workout. It's like more of a checklist. It's like, okay, I have to do these sets today. All right. I got this one done while I was waiting for my toddler to try to go pee pee in the potty. And I got this one done while that was in the microwave. And I, you know, they're scattered, but you have to know what workouts work best under those conditions. Because if you're you know, like, let's say you were training an, like a soccer player, like an athlete, they need to have muscular endurance. And in that case, you need the exercises to be stacked back to back where there are other types of exercises, like the ones that bodybuilders use and bodybuilders are all about physique and looking good. Right. So that's what a lot of people come to us for. And those actually require short bursts with rest in between. Like if you are a professional, like, or even a power lifter, you're a professional, power lifter, you're going to do your set and then you have to rest in between your sets. Well, that's perfect for a multitasking parent. Like, <laughs> you know, it was just like, I'm so I was like, why are all of the mom workouts using muscular endurance workouts instead of, you know, like hypertrophy and power kind of workouts that require rest so that they can multitask. Oh wait, sexism, but that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Does that still exist? Does that really still exist? Sexism? You know, occasionally, occasionally, I mean, you know, talk to the single moms I work with. That was some of the stuff we hear, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I have mad, mad. Obviously I was raised by a single mother. So I, you know, we've had those conversations before I was on your show. And so, you know, I have mad, mad respect for single moms. I dated a single mom who had two kids and, you know, saw what she did and saw what she went through. And, and, uh, to your point about poop on the carpet, I didn't get to experience this firsthand, but she told me one time when I first started dating her, she goes, don't go in the girl's room. And I was like, 
Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I wasn't a dad. I wasn't the dad type. Trust me. And uh, I'm like, no. And then like a year later, she goes, remember that time I told you not to go in the girls room? And I said, yeah. And I said, what was that all about? She goes, well, Kimberly and uh, Christina woke up in the morning and decided to use their poo in their kitchen set. So they were, they were, they were using it for Play-Doh and it was on the wall. And I'm like, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I didn't get confused to go in that room because if I had seen that situation, I probably would have left pretty immediately. So, but then I found out that all kids do weird stuff. So it's all good. But, um, yes. So again, massive respect to you and single moms. We've already been talking for 49 minutes. Um, you know, you and I could talk forever and ever and ever. Uh, Robert's chiming in here. He says, uh, I had one of those bars. He says, well, I have one of those bars back in the day before I joined gold's gym at 18. And Robert has arms the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger's legs. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. But you're right. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's the thing I love about you, Nicole, is like you you figure it out. You know, if you want it bad enough, you figure it out. If you want it, okay, I can do 10 burpees in between every time I make dinner. You know, there's things that we can do. And that's something that I love about um, what I do as a no excuses coach is, is really getting people to get resourceful. It's like, if you want it bad enough, there is no try. You're just going to either do it or you're not. And I, that's where I'm at now is I'm so sick and tired of people saying, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to do that. And in and, and my best approximation, I would say 90% of the people who I've heard said they were going to try something never did or tried once and didn't stick with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, tries bullshit. It's like, either you're going to do it or you're not. Stop fucking with yourself. Stop messing with it. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to lose 15. No, I'm going to lose 15 pounds in two months and I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to work out every single day. If I need to work out twice a day, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I'm going to actually, you know, throw out the food that's bad for me. Whatever you guys want to do, you can do. Mm -hmm. um, so I have one final question before I ask you where people can get a hold of you. Sure. And it's something that I've just been kind of playing with. If you can meet one person dead or alive, who would it be? And what is the one question you would want to ask them most? You could take a moment to, to think about this because oh. I realize, but I've, I just, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been thinking about asking different questions because mostly, mostly I'm always, you know, about the person and everything else. And I'm just like curious, who do people want to meet and what would be that question they want to ask them? So it'd have to be someone I've never met before. Okay. It, it, is is that true? No, no, no. It could be it could be anybody. Like if you if you want to sit down with your your if your grandfather has passed away, and I'd love to sit down with my grandfather and ask him what was my mom like as a kid. That could be a question. Yeah, um, it definitely be my brother, um, who I lost a few years ago in 2016. And what would I ask him, man? One question. That's tough. What would I ask my brother if I could? I feel like I would want to know if he's okay. Well, that's for was, sure. Was that the, you know, he was suffering a lot. I'd want to know, was that the best outcome? Gotcha. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you, Nicole, for sharing that beautiful moment. Cause I love it. We're that's, we're real, you know, that's mm -hmm. you and I are real. People who watch the show are real. So I love it. Bring the emotion. That is beautiful. Where can people get a hold of you, connect with you, have more conversations with the amazing Nicole Tiffany Cruz? Oh, man. I mean, thank you for hyping me up like that. Um, best way to get in touch with me right now is Facebook or Instagram. I'm at Super Busy Mommy Coach. Look at that. <laughs> You're prepared. Love no, it. <laughs> that's what I was just doing a minute ago. I was like, I don't think I put her information in. Yeah, so there, there it is. And where else can they get a hold of you? Um, superbusymommycoach.com. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I have a whole production staff here. There are, you guys are all, you got, take the rest of the night out. No, seriously. No, you rock. No, shut up. You rock. Love it. Love it. So prepared. Um, yeah, those are the best places to get in touch with me and like message me, you know, don't be shy. I actually answer me like not my staff, not a bot. You might initially get one of those like, like, Hey, Nicole's tied up. She'll be right with you. But like, I actually will go back and answer people personally. So yeah. Yeah. Message me. And it's, it's not even like, you know, I'm going to just like give you a sales pitch. Like you can message me questions. Cause I will just nerd out with you about nutrition and fitness and mindfulness and all of that jazz for, for like ever, if you want to talk to me about it, like that's what I like to do in my free time. So yeah, feel free to reach out, pick my brain. If you have, if you're in a situation that you think is impossible, 
I will be happy to help you work through some of that because that's my mission. Um, I want everybody to know that the options and the methodology that I use exist and whether they choose it or not, like no judgment, I'm not saying what people should do. It's just really sad to me that so many people who want it so badly don't know that this is a possibility for them. Hmm. Beautifully said, beautifully said, beautifully said. Thank you, Nicole, for being here on the Ron and scripted show for being who you are at your core. I love you. I think you're awesome. Keep that shit up. I'm going to place you backstage in the green room. Don't go anywhere. Cause we don't have a conversation. I'm going to close out the show, but any final words for our lovely audience? Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an honor. I enjoy all of our conversations so much. You go deep, you keep it real. I really appreciate it. And I love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. All right. I'm going to place you backstage here for just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, now I got to stare at the camera. Robert says, what's up? Robert says, my mother did ask, my mother did ask me why her arms were getting smaller. It, it turned out she was doing resistance training every day. Once she took back, took the day off between resistance training, her arms began to grow. Yeah. Big arms. Come on, people. Robert says, thank you, Christopher and Nicole. Thank you guys, each and every one of you for being here, whether you're alive or on the replay. And the most important thing I want to leave you with tonight in the final words, the parting thoughts and the messages uh, are most important. Are you leveling up? Are you leveling up? It's a Facebook live I did yesterday, a little walk and talk video that has garnered some attention because I was very passionate about it. And what Nicole and I are talking about as coaches, as people who have been through the trenches of the shit that can happen in life, we're living proof. We've been to the school of adversity. We've graduated from the college of hard knocks. And here we are pouring our hearts out to so many people, but so many people are sitting there saying that they don't know how to do something or they've never been able to do something or they don't know who to trust. They don't know this. They don't know that. And they're all screwed up. Are you leveling up? Can you sit there and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm leveling up every day. I level up. Every day, I try to bring something new to the table. Every day, I'm eager to learn something. Every day, whatever I'm afraid of, I'm going to go after. Or do you sit there? Well, I hope that changes. I hope that changes. Oh, that better change. That's bullshit. That doesn't change. That should change. What is that? What is that person over there going to do for me? What's, what's, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, you got to level up. You got to take the bull by the horns. You have to get what Nicole was saying. You have to get resourceful. You have to get energetic. You have to get passionate. You have to get committed. You have to find out what your why is. When you want something bad enough, you will figure out a way and it won't be trying. It'll be doing because you're going to make a commitment. You're going to, you're going to have this realization in your brain that says, wow, if it's meant to be, then it's up to me. Remind yourself, remind yourself daily where your focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focusing on the things that you can't do, the things that you've never been able to do, then you have to ask yourself some different questions. Who do I need to become in order to get where I want to go most? And that is a very interesting question to ask. Now, by yourself, chances are you could make that journey. But how long, how long will that journey take you? There's a reason why sports people have coaches. There's a reason why golf people have coaches and basketball people have coaches and football players have coaches. And guess what? When they win the Heisman Trophy, when they win whatever particular award, they thank God usually. And then they say, and I'd like to thank my coach because without my coach, I would not have taken these steps without my coach. I wouldn't have got up at five o'clock in the morning, every single day and done drills without my coach. I would have listened to my negative thoughts and patterns and probably not even tried out for the team without my coach. Are you leveling up? Do you have, you don't even need to have a coach. If you don't have the money, do you have an accountability partner? Do you have a mentor? Do you have somebody that can you can go to and talk to and have conversations with and grow? Again, are you leveling up? That's what I love about the guests that are on this show. They've been through some shit, but they're like, no. Rock bottom? Heck, that was a bouncing point. That was a bouncing point. Rock bottom? I look forward to rock bottom. I'm going to bounce up from that. What are you doing every single day? How are you looking at your life? Are you looking at your life as someday things are going to change? Or are you looking at it as if something doesn't change, I don't know what's going to happen. I know some of you out there are feeling like that. If something doesn't change, I don't know what's going to happen. The only thing that you have control over changing is your emotions, your thoughts, your reactions to situations, to out, outside situations that you don't have any control over. 
right? What you do have control over is from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to sleep, you have absolute control over what you think and what you focus on and what you do. Nobody can tell you to do anything. Nobody can tell you to pick up the cigarette and smoke it. Nobody can tell you to sit there and binge watch Netflix. Nobody can tell you what to do. You get to decide that on your own. You get to decide, oh, candy's bad for me and I have diabetes. Don't put it in your fucking mouth if you don't want diabetes. It's up to you. It's up to you. Nobody else. I love you guys. This is the Ron and Scripted Show. I'm Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach. If you're finding that you're struggling a little bit, hit me up. Hit me up in the DM. Say, Chris, I'm struggling a little bit. I'd love to have a conversation with you and change my life. Literally, you can change your life with a conversation. All right. I love you guys. Tune in next Tuesday. We have another show for you, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I love you guys. Again, go over to ChristopherRoush.com and check out the media page. Subscribe to the podcast. Check out the group coaching. We got group coaching launching September 13th. It's a brand new program. It's amazing. I put a lot of effort into this, so it's going to be life-changing. It's going to be life-changing. I love you guys. Stay classy, stay kick-ass, and we will see you next time here on the Raw and Scripted Show.